Uh, hey, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, we've been going long every service for like a month and a half now. That's why I'm here. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I do have some announcements for you guys. Uh, first off, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Look at this. I need help. I need, I need like images. Uh, first off uh, is the, uh, we're, we're officially, we've been in Christmas for a while. Could you tell? Have you been outside? So uh, it's cold and, and small groups uh, may or may not be meeting. Uh, they probably have changed locations or times. Stuff is weird. So uh, I, I would highly suggest talk to your leader, see what the schedule is like, talk to them, see, see all that good stuff. Because you might have a Christmas party, you might be on break. I, I just don't want you to show up and no one's there, so you're out of the loop. Nextly, uh, uh, trains for the, the train of lights. Have you guys been on that? Yeah. Uh, tickets have been sold out forever in a day already. I think, I feel like it's just, and, and I think we may still have a little bit of a, 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 an inside guy. So, uh, on the back, a good thing. Okay. So there's a lot of announcements. Just prepare yourself. It's okay. Uh, good thing to do. Just take a lap on the back there. So uh, there's a little poster, uh, for the train of lights. Check that out at the very bottom, near the very bottom. One of the last lines is an email. Uh, that email, you can email them, say you're from Rock Bible Church. They might still have some tickets, so do it sooner than later. I know that's very hard for us because we're Rock Bible, right? But but just send an email, say, hey, do you have any tickets left? They may, because uh, it's been sold out for like a month now, so do that. Uh, nextly, Advent signups. Advent starts next week. Uh, it's super nice. I love it. I don't want to do it every Sunday, so please do it uh, if that's your thing. Uh, if you, you could do it by yourself. Do it with partners, do it with a group, do it with your small group, do it with your family, do it with friends, anything like that. Uh, feel free to sign up. Uh, signups are in the back. I make it super easy for you. Basically, if you've never been a part of it or even know what it is, you, you light a candle. Uh, it's symbolic. You say a few words that I give you. You read a passage that I give you. You could pray your own prayer or you'll pray the one that I give you, right? Very user-friendly, very easy. Uh, and, and it's, it's just a good way to bring on Christmas time, right? It's just, it's super fun. It means a lot to a lot of people. It's good. And it's going to look really cool next week. Cause we're, it's, it's like, Hey, Thanksgiving's almost over folks. Get out of here. Right. Uh, uh, nextly women's tea is coming up the third. Uh, is this, Oh, look at, look at this. I have a little thing. So in the back, uh, you can grab one of these if you want. Sign up. Uh, sign up to the back. Grab a cookie. Anything regarding Christmas tea, Christmas, uh, anything like that, zero calories. I, I, it's, it's been said from stage, right? So you can eat. If your mom makes a thousand Christmas cookies, grandma, whatever, you can eat as many as you want. Jesus approves, right? Uh, so sign up. It's a great time. Super fun. Uh, I, I've never been, but I always tend to show up, if you know what I mean. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, oh, you need to help. I'll, I'll move this chair for you, right? So it's a good time. Uh, nextly, parade signups are on the third as well. Uh, there, there's a little uh, sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, we need, we have a ton of people who who wanted to help out with setting up and preparing. That's great. Now we're looking for more people to be actually the the one of these, right? That's all, Doug. You already nailed it, buddy. I would pay so much just to see Doug. Oh, gosh, man, please. Uh, yeah, just go like this. Hi, hi, I'm happy to be here. So sign up for that. Uh, it's a great time. You're like in the parade. Bring a kid. Bring a, I don't know, bring Doug. I don't care who you bring. Bring somebody. It's a fun time. Um, Nextly, uh, because it's Christmas season, we're giving to the, some, some ways that you can give, right? Because everyone's looking to give right now. It's a good thing, right thing to do, right? Uh, first way is Tri-Valley Haven. We have a little good booth there for you. Uh, we have, Look at these. Wow. Look at these little things. We got you stocking already. So here's all the instructions if you want to do this. Reminder, uh, there's a table in the back for this, so you can look at all this later. Right. Reminder that uh, you can do a stocking if that's not your thing and you're just like, uh, you know, just short on time. Right. Gift cards is great. Uh, Twenty dollars. Get them uh, Target, Costco, Safeway, stuff like that. People, people, places people like. Right. Don't get them some random thing for this store in Arizona. Right. It doesn't work. Right. So stuff like that. Uh, it's due by the fourth. Because, hey, guess what? This, these go out to people. So if you bring them Christmas Eve, thank you. But, like, ooh, it takes a little while to process it, get them to the right people and all that stuff. So please do that. And uh, December 4th 
Nextly, we're almost done. I promise. It's okay. I'm just going to be talking for the next hour. Uh, so uh, nextly, 360 Serve, uh, Christmas catalog, a great way to serve, a great way to give. Uh, I put up Vietnam just as an example, but you don't have to give to Vietnam. That's kind of where we've been doing for a while now since the start, but they're doing boots. Uh, there's also a Christmas banner which I got the breakdown and you all know how good I am with like remembering numbers and whatnot. So like, I think I want to say, and it's, it is too good to be true. It's not too good. To be, it's very good, but like, it's not too good to be true, but it's, uh, I think I want to say it was $20 to send two people out with a banner for two weeks. And they reached like some insane amount of people. Like they just, for two days, like, they're, they're just on the road and just giving this whole Christmas story to all these people. So that's a, it's a great way to donate. So if you get the email, sign up for that. Just get a couple banners, man. It's awesome. And then they have them. So it's like, it's, it's something that they could keep doing year after year. Lastly, whew, okay. Christmas carols. Did you enjoy Christmas carols? Are you, is that you? Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's it, like, I don't want to say that like, it's not Christmas like Christmas carols, but like, you know, like if, 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 if you don't have your Pandora Christmas carol station set up, you probably should do that. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great event. Uh, it, we're going to location it's here, but we're, we're trying to do it outside again. Cause it's fun. It might be too cold. We're uh, TBD, but it's, it's plan is right now to be outside. So bring a jacket, uh, hot chocolate cookies, here maybe santa is gonna be there he's a busy guy but we're gonna try to get him um so pictures all that good stuff it's just like an hour it's just a fun event invite everybody to it we don't shove nothing down their throat we tell them about jesus because hey i don't know if you know this christmas about jesus but uh but like it's just it's just a fun night of singing and running around kids are playing all over and then and then we go home so it's a great time uh 5 30 is that right yeah look at that so 5 30 uh, is that it, Nate? Did I get them all? Yeah. Wow. Good job, guys. Um, let me pray, and then we'll get into our message. So, dear Lord, uh, I just thank you for this day. We thank you for all the cool stuff that's happening all over the world, uh, all over the country, and in California, and in, in our little community, God. Uh, we just pray for this time and pray that it is a blessing and de dedication to you, Father. Uh, and we just give it to you, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So uh, I got to be honest with you guys. Um, when, when Scott told me like a month and a half ago or whatever, I don't remember that, I, you know, the preaching date today. I was sitting there. I was like, well, I'm just going to do an India talk and, um, we'll, you know, no plan. I'm just going to see how it goes and then go from there. And, and then India happened and Scott's like, well, I'm going to talk. And I was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, well, what should I talk about? We can't do India two weeks in a row and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'll just talk about what, maybe I'll just talk about things that I'm reading personally and, and, and do all that. And then I was like, well, Scott opened Romans and didn't finish Romans, like the chapter. So we have this half thing of, you know, Romans and I kind of need to finish that. And I was sitting there and I'm thinking about all the stuff that's happening in my life. I'm like, man, it's all crazy. At the same time, it's all connected and all kind of working together. And, and uh, I was thinking about how to us, what God's teaching us is very, in our perspective, it seems chaotic, right? You're, you're learning this over here and this over here and this in this other country and this in your job and this at home. And, and, and you're like, whoa, what is happening? I can't do this, all these things. And then you take a step back or years later, or you pray about it, you think about it, you seek counsel, and you're like, wow, maybe God's trying to teach me one thing, and he's doing it a hundred different ways. So if you seem like today we're jumping around, it's because we are, but that's how God's been working in my life to teach me, I think, one specific thing that I need to be working on. Um, it is certainly not done. We can never be done, but I'm still struggling through it. And I want to preface it with this as well, is that, um, man, is it simple. And I don't want to say I'm embarrassed, but I'm a little embarrassed because it's something that like should be 101. If we did a Bible 101, Christianity 101, the people in India who took their one class, this is what they're learning. This is what I'm learning, folks. So uh, so uh, bear with me if you're like, man, this is so simple. Uh, but this is what God's teaching me. So open up your Bibles. 
uh, if you will, or we got on the board, your, your phones, whatever, to Romans 12. Uh, Scott, Scott started with uh, 1 through 8. We're going to finish it with 9 through 21. So um, my job is, uh, is incredibly simple today, but incredibly hard. Why is it simple? Well, uh, it's one of those scriptures that just tells you what you should do. And, I, and there's not really any interpretation. There's not really any hard work, but it makes my job easy, makes your job incredibly difficult because I could sit up in here and, and tell you all the ways and examples that you should apply this to your life, but simply that's not the case. It doesn't work like that, and God's going to tell you something different than he's telling me. So uh, as we're going through... All of these things are obvious. All of these things are simple. They are incredibly important. Please, please, please do not go 25 years and become a pastor and sit there and preach on this hundreds of times and then get up there and be like, oh man, I got to work on this stuff, right? So uh, as we're reading these stuff, apply it to your life. Write some notes. Figure out some stuff. Put it on your phone. Say, I got to add this. I got to do this, right? All that good stuff. So let's continue. Verse 9. It says, let love be genuine. Top of your notes. What's it say? Be genuine. What are we talking about today, guys? Being genuine, right? Uh, how does love be genuine? Well, we're going to continue. Uh, it says, abhor what is evil. Hate, absolutely hate what is evil. Got that down, right? Like, guy cut me off yesterday, really mad about it, right? Uh, I, uh, true story. I want you to finish my absolutely true story that happened last week. I was sitting, I was driving down um, uh, uh, Stanley, going into railroad, going the big long stretch. Right, we're over by the quarry. Uh, I'm going three miles over the speed limit. Right, I'm going five miles over the speed limit because everyone goes right. Uh, someone at least goes thirty miles faster than me. This this fool is going ninety nine, a hundred, a hundred and ten, something like that. He's booking it, right? And not only is he booking it, he's pretending like I'm at fault, right? Just, eh, 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 he goes around me, he swear, I'm in the right lane, right? He's got all the, cut, almost hits my car, going, almost hits my car, coming back, zooms out. I'm a little angry, right? I'm going to have you finish this story. I'm driving about two minutes later. The guy is pulled over by a cop, Finish this story. I feel why I don't know this person. I I I have no nothing to gain. He's not paying me the money. He's gonna get a ticket. He might go to jail. He's this guy is fast, like felony fast, right? I don't benefit from this at all. I love to hate evil though. What's the problem with that, folks? There's a second part of this, and, and a lot of us, including myself sometimes, miss it. Hold fast to what is good, right? Maybe it's not about that. Maybe I should just say, man, I wish he never did that in the first place. He could have avoided this. It's a safety, all this stuff, right? But yet, I'm, I, I, I'm abhorring evil so much that I would wish someone to get punished, even though it has nothing to do with me. Sure, I was scared for a half a second when he's like, oh, this guy's coming, he's coming, he's, okay, okay, he got around, okay, right? That's it, I could have just left it at that, but no, I get some twisted, sick feeling that, yes, finally, he's getting his, right? I, gosh, I'm so happy. Here's the question, guys. Here's the question, folks. Which one of these are you good at? Are you good at loving hate? Are you getting to hold fast to what is good? Because I know there is plenty of people in this world that are really good at holding fast to what is good, right? My grandma, your grand, everyone's grandma is very good at that. Just loving people who they are, it's wonderful. I love it. They're really good at it, right? Which one is better? Ooh, thank you for the rock painful answer. Which one is harder? Which one are we supposed to do? See, it, it, which one are you good at? 
here's the second question. Which one are you too good at? And it's not that you can be too good at either one, but you get what I'm saying? Hey, we can't, we can't drop one to do one, and then we can't drop the other to do the... It's both, hand in hand. It's a hard, almost, I would say, impossibility to do. How do we do it? We have to be genuine. We're going to talk about that later. Verse 10, love one another with a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdoing one another in showing honor. What does that look like? How in the world can you outdo one another in showing honor around this time of year? What does that look like around Thanksgiving when everyone's tired and the dishes aren't done and you know the person who's going to do the dishes? And they're going to do it. Even though no one's going to ask, they're going to do it. Maybe, maybe you outdo them? oh gosh do i want to start a fight with myself maybe when there's a parade on and there's also a football game on and nobody cares about some floats people but but some people care about the floats maybe turn off the game for 30 minutes or maybe i'm not gonna say this maybe turn off the parade for 30 minutes. maybe we fight for the other side one of the greatest statements that, that I heard uh, in, in college was my, my teacher, we were doing a, I, I can't even remember the class, right? It's some kind of a worship, a worship as a worship leader, uh, a lead, uh, sorry, a pastor as a worship leader class. I think that was what it was called. And it's just simply talking about how do you, how do you perform a worship service, right? We talk about worship almost exclusively in the, in, in the light of what we just did singing, right? But worship is everything. Worship is specifically this, all of this, right? We want to worship God in the way we sing, yes, but the way we act, the way we learn, everything, right? So this this whole class was dedicated to that. And the professor was talking about, I don't know, gosh, Doug, you can't take him anywhere, man. Uh, and the professor's talking about, hey, you know what we need? You know what the church needs? The church is missing is old people who are fighting for contemporary music. Think about this. Old people fighting for contemporary music. And we're all sitting there in our 20s. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I know. We have all the time. They just want us. And, oh, and there's always an and, right? They get you with the first part. And we're missing young people who are fighting for hymns, fighting for tradition. How do you outdo someone with honor? Fight for something that you hate. <laughs> hey, I don't enjoy that worship song, but I know it's not about me. Oh, are we getting a little too personal today? Well, uh, gosh, I, I really just, and this happens every single time. We hire somebody, right? Every single church you ever go to, you hire somebody and, and people have problems with that person. Oh, I miss the old guy. I miss the old girl. I miss this song and that song. We're not going to do that. Oh, wow. Right? How did you end up at Rock Bible? What was your criteria? Worship? Pretty high, probably. Bible speak? Pretty high, probably. What does this do to your perspective? What does that change, right? How do you outdo showing honor? It's harder than we think, right? It's not just getting up and clearing plates. It, it goes into every aspect of our lives. Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. When God tells you to do something, what's your reaction time? I know, man. Oh, I got to pray about this. You just did. What do you mean? He just, he just told you. It should be, yeah right? Why are we so slow to act when it's the good thing, when it's the right thing, but then when we want to do something, when it's all about us, when we make the decision, we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, done. Easy. Don't even have to pray. Don't even have to think about it. But when God talks to me, I don't know, right? Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Once again, no one on this planet would say I'm embarrassed of hope, right? Why would you ever say you're embarrassed in hope, in peace, in justice? But 
we live these lives every single day that we think spreading the gospel is some sort of burden. That telling Jesus, telling people that Jesus loves them is some kind of punishment? It makes no sense. If we honestly believe this, I saw people in India, it was crazy, they gave their life to Christ, and then they told people about it. That couldn't work here, right? There's no way. That wouldn't make sense. That's too crazy. Rejoice in hope. I need to tell you this because it works. I give CrossFitters a lot of crap, but they figured it out, man. Hey, this this life decision is working for me. You want to hear all about it every single day? Vegans, right? If you're on some weird meat diet right now, you're doing the same thing. I'm on the carnivore diet, and guess what? It's life-changing, and I got to tell you about it. And we do this with all other aspects of life. The one that matters. Eternal life, not some diet that's going to, I don't want to, it's not going to be around in five years, right? They're going to figure it out. Meat is terrible. It causes cancer. Don't eat meat, right? Like it's just, it's going to be the new thing, right? All of this, we, we care about it so much. Yet the one thing that should bring us the most hope we aren't rejoicing in. We aren't living day to day. Dare I say, we're not being genuine in it right? Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Who are the saints? Us, right? Right? Sometimes we got a lot of like recovering Catholics, so I got to remind us, you know, saints are us, you, me, baby, it's okay, right? 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Remember my story about the guy? (laughs) What if my first response was to pray and say, Dear Lord, I pray that guy doesn't die. (laughs) Right? I I just, I, what if it was that? What if it wasn't, but man, I wish there was a cop here and you just get a felony. You go to jail for the rest of your life. What if it wasn't that? What if day after day I'm hearing news articles and trials and all this stuff about just crazy situations, crazy problems, and I'm not instantly going to cursing? I'm saying blessing. What if the people that are causing you the most pain in your life, your, your boss, your coworkers, your em- employees, the customers you serve, whatever it may be, the people that are causing you the most pain are the people that you should pray for the most. How did that person get to that situation? How did that individual who doesn't know Christ, how dare they act like they don't know Christ? (sighs) And how can I be a blessing to them? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Care. People are coming and saying you need help. I've won. I've lost. What is your response? Folks, time and time again, the worst possible thing ever. Holy cow, I see it so much in my own life. I see it when I talk to other people. Is I, people come talk to me and they say, look, look at my life, all these problems, I need help. My instant response, yeah, your life is hard, man. Guess what I have to do? Turn it back on me right? Oh, I got this promotion and oh man, it's great. And yeah, that's great for you. Guess what I'm doing? You see the difference? You see what's happening there? Wow. That's amazing. That's so great. That's so cool. Wow. I'm so sorry. What can I do? I'm man, that is terrible. What if we just honestly just care about one another and it didn't have to be about us for 10 minutes? Too much to ask? All right, back off right? Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Holy cow. Never be wise in your own sight. Could, that could be a summer series. That could be everything. When, you, when, when, when you've made it as a Christian, I'm, see, I made it as a Christian. I was done. 
uh, about six months after we became a Christian, right? I was good. I was set. And then um, <laughs> something happened, right? Lord got a, heart, a, a hold of my heart, right? Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, eventually, at some point, it seems like every Christian gets to a stage where they say, I'm done. I'm good. I'm set. I've learned what I need to learn. I'm done. What's the problem with that? Have we achieved perfection? No. Are we anywhere comparable to Jesus? No. Is God's plan for you, me, us done? No. We can't possibly approach life a day, our mind, our spirit, our body, any way and say, I am wise. I'm smart. I'm, I'm good. Right? Some of the worst situations that I've been in in youth have been because I've said, I am smarter than you. Some of the worst situations that I caused, that problems in the youth group that people hated me for, was saying, I know more than you, and you're wrong, because I am old. And that possibly can't apply to our lives. That's just for youth, right? We can't do it, right? What can we learn from the person who doesn't have a, a better degree than you, who gets paid less than you? Tons. What can we learn from the, the person who gets 99% of their life wrong? What can we learn from businesses who, who, who don't care about Jesus at all? What can our church learn from that, that business over there and that business over there? Are we too wise? Are we too prideful? <laughs> Approach life and say, wow, um, I might have a better degree. I may have known more facts, but i got a long, long, long way to go. i got a long way to go. Verse 17, repay no evil for evil, but give th- thoughts to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. This is a super interesting verse. I love it. It's so real and so important. Um, does this verse say you can never fight? Does this verse say that you will never be in problems, in hostile situations? Does this say that people will never hate you and life will be peachy keen? What does it say? If possible, and don't forget about this, because here's the part that we can't switch too far to the other side of hating evil and hating people and all that stuff, right? We can't forget this part. If possible, so far as it depends on you. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about what they're doing. I can't respond to how my niece and cousin, mother-in-law, whoever is coming over Thanksgiving dinner, and they, and they be talking some stuff. I can't worry about that person. All I can do, as so far as it depends on me, live peacefully with all. thought we were supposed to hate evil. Uh, that was my main takeaway. That was my number one point from today. Uh, I, peacefully and hating don't go along together. Maybe they do. Maybe we've got to work on that, right? Uh, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. See, we have this mentality, and it works, and it makes sense, but like when someone has lived a life that is wrong and bad and whatever, that we just say, hey, you're hungry? Yeah. You blew all your money away. Duh. You messed up. You, you, you bet your house. You did that. Whatever it may be. You messed up. You should pay. <laughs> yeah, you should have been drinking water. This is your fault. How is this? What, why do I have to pay for it? 
don't like this, I don't like it. All these issues on them, absolutely, but we're not worried about them. Remember, we're not worried about them. We're not worried about their faults. I'm not, I'm not pointing at Nate. Right? Right? I'm, not worried about, <laughs> right? I'm not worried about all them and their faults and their problems and what they're bringing up. And all. What am I worried about? Me. Someone comes to me, says they need something. My job to, to point it out and say, dumb, you're wrong. Terrible. It's my job. Someone is hungry, feed them. Thirsty, give them something to drink. How simple is that? They need something, do it. It's, there's no fill-in, folks. It's just do it, right? Right? Dude, uh, oh, uh, uh, by so doing, you heat burning coals on his head. See, there's two parts of this, right? And I think a lot of us look at that and say, like, the kill him with kindness, principle, right? If you love them hard enough, you do all that stuff, they're going to feel so bad and they're going to feel guilty. Yeah, sure. Is that what Jesus did? Like, was this all a plan to make us feel bad? Was the cross a ploy to make us feel bad? Just to feel guilty, to feel terrible? No. See, this, so if that's your mentality, sure, you're still doing whatever. You know what coals are in the Old Testament? God's fixing. God puts coals on a tongue. Uh, uh, the uh, person's words change. It hurts. It's hard. It's fixing it, though. See, we have two choices here, folks. We could be part of the curse, part of the pain. We could be part of the hurt and the harm. And man, I'm only giving you all this stuff so that you could see how good my life is and how bad you are and all the bad, right? We have that choice so we could say honestly, truthfully, man, uh, yeah, here's this bread. Here's this water. Here's this few bucks, whatever. What do you need? I want to help you. God, because... I was there. I might have not have been hungry. I might not have been poor. I might not have been in your exact situation, but I needed help. And I got the ultimate helper. I needed saving, and I got the ultimate savior. See, we could be part of the curse, the punishment, the pain, or we could be part of the blessing. Which one do you want to be part of? So when we go into this mind mentality of kill him with kindness, there's kind of this like background of like, I want to hurt him still. And that's not the point, right? We're not trying to do this. Verse 21, do not overcome, um, do not be overcome by evil, but, be, but overcome evil with good. Let the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Holy cow, folks. This was a verse. I, I, I approached this um, when Scott did half the, the passage. I was like, man, that's going to be hard. Uh, there's, there's half a passage preaching. It's going to be tough to do that. There's a lot in here. And I fear that getting all this stuff into one passage, we're going to miss it. And we're going to miss the point, And we're going to focus on the wrong thing. And to combat that, I'm going to give you more passages, right? So I hope that helps. I don't know if it does. But uh, all of this, remember, is how to be genuine. How do we do this? How, what is our nature? Because all this stuff goes back. It's not so much about what we're doing anymore. It's about who we are. It's about our perspective. And that gets hard, right? Uh, Mark Campbell taught here like two months ago, three, eight years ago, something like that, right? And he talked about how it's, this, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And that struck me, right? I didn't like it because it's not, it's, I'm like, what does that mean? How do I do that? How do you, how do you, that's the point. It's not, it's about who you are. It's not about what you do. Yeah, tell me how to do it. It's about who you are. It's about, and I'm stuck in this cycle. And it's all about this. It's about all about how, how to be genuine, right? So how do you be genuine? Here's, here's three points. There might be more for you. There might be less. I don't know. But firstly, and here's the most important thing. And this has to be on your list. And you cannot forgive this. And you cannot miss this. It's about identity. How do you be genuine? It's about identity. It's about who you are. What are you genuine in? basically what it's saying, right? Why do so many people become as empty nesters, reach the age of retirement, and they go through these identity crises? 
a father, a mother who's no longer a mother, no longer a father, right? They moved out. They're, why are they having an identity crisis? They just lost a roommate. That's who they were. Everything they were, all of their identity was just mom. And that's a great standard, but what happens when you're not mom anymore? Workers, right? If you're engineer, if you're a boss, that's who you are. That's all your identity is. And you retire. You're no longer a boss. Who are you? Steve? I, I don't know. You know, like, what do you... It's a very simple question. It can be answered very si- simply, but it shouldn't. Who are you? You start off with your job? Don't do it. <laughs> If I were to start off and just say I'm a pastor, what happens in 30 years, whatever, and I'm no longer a pastor? I lose my identity. How do you start off then? What's this other verse I've been spinning around and I've, I've talked about a million times? I probably, I probably preached about it here. I have preached about it here. I've heard the sermon a hundred times. It's John 15, 5 through 11. You've heard this verse You've gone to church before. It says, I'm the van, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Who are you? Who is God? Identity. I am the vine, you are the branches. Our identity is directly connected to our relationship with Christ. What's the one thing you can't lose <laughs> when you're no longer a Christian? When Christ is no longer your God? What? That thing ain't changing. Who am I? I'm a human. What happens when I die? Who am I? I'm 30. What? All these things change. All these things adapt as they should. All these things end as they should. You know what doesn't? I am the vine, you are the branches. Connection, identity, forever. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my commandments, uh, my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be filled. See, I think I was approaching this Christian life just the wrong way. And I think a lot of us do too. Is I think you start off with the fruits and you work your way backwards. You start off with good things. You say, I need to be self-disciplined and I need to be kind and I need to be patient. We start there. We forget, how does it work? Go back. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is that bear it is that bears much fruit. How do you get fruit? You abide. You live. You're in relationship. It's your identity. You start off not with works, not with what you're doing. You start off with your relationship with Christ. <laughs> your identity. And once you have that, A good apple tree doesn't have to worry about making apples. A branch that's connected to the tree doesn't have to worry about making oranges. A branch that's connected to the vine doesn't have to worry about making grapes. It just happens. See, we sit here, and this is kind of like how we do church, but it kind of spawns like a a bad nature to it. In essence, we all show up here to know what we should do. <laughs> Kinda. We sit here and say, Scott, tell me what to do because I want to do it. That's great. 
sort of missing the point. It's not a to-do list. It's not chores. It's not this ongoing forever list of I need to be kind and I can't curse and I can't be bad. And, and when someone drives by me, I got to pray for him and I hope he doesn't get pulled out all these. I got to do all these things. And we, got, we try stress and it's so worrying. And you're almost expecting that I got to tell you something about Thanksgiving and how we should love and care about one another and be thankful to God and all this stuff and all this to-do list, this ever ongoing to-do list. forever searching list of to-dos that never ends and can never be complete. All we got to worry about, folks, one, singular, be connected to the vine. When we're connected to the vine, all those other things work themselves out for good. It's not that, hey, as long as the branch, uh, he's going to try his best and the branch is connected to the tree and maybe there's going to be some oranges. Guys, my tree produces the greatest oranges. The vine creates the best grapes. I don't have to worry about it. All I got to do is worry about being connected. That's it, right? Uh, Number two, right? Uh, So uh, number one, it's all about identity. Number two, it's all about living a single life. And I know what you're saying, right? I asked, I asked Colson to write my sermon last week, right? And he's like, I think it's all about being single, right? No, it's not about that. It's not that single life, right? It's not, we're not talking about dating relationships, marriage relationships, something like that, right? What's your identity? Connection to Christ. What else? Connection to Christ. What else? Connection to Christ. Single life. That's it. That's all that matters, right? When you're living the single life, Things become simple, easy, right? One of the hardest things to do, it's crazy, is when you're in college. So you spend your entire life, I don't know if you remember this, writing essays. And and in, in, in elementary all the way up, what they're doing is you need to write at least two pages, at least one page, all that, right? Something happens when you get to college and seminary, they say no more than five pages. Do you remember this? It gets a lot harder to say what you need to say in under five pages. We like to complicate life. We like to say how Christianity is about this giant list of rules. And look at this Bible. This is all the stuff we have to do. We like to make it so hard. You know what's crazy about it? Connect to Christ. Have a relationship with him. That's it. Right? Single focused life. Right? Uh, So we go to India. And, and, and Mark, uh, our, our tour guide, right, for the week, he's like, you know, we're going to start off with darkness. Um, it's going to be very dark. It's going to be very hard. And I, I, I hope you don't get too discouraged because we're going to end with some goodness. And I'm sitting there. Well, I'm going to see some stuff. I'm going to see some people starving on the street. I'm going to see. You know what he takes us to? Show him, Nate. That. Taj Mahal. One of the greatest places in the world. Right? Uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh. <laughs> right? And to start off with darkness. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Mark's not like, you know, he's not crazy. What does he mean by this? And I'm sitting there, and we're learning about the Taj Mahal. You know what's in the Taj Mahal besides a billion people? You know what the Taj Mahal is? It's a tomb. It's a tomb. There's two people. It's the emperor and his third wife, the one he married, right, actually for love. The other ones were like political stuff, right? And he built this for her, and and she was buried in it, in the basement. And eventually, after years, he dies. He gets buried next to her. I'm sitting there, and because I'm a pastor, I'm thinking about this verse. I'm thinking about what Mark said about being dark. I'm thinking about the greatest tomb of all time, arguably, maybe the pyramid, I don't know, right? But one of the greatest tombs of all time, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is what God's trying to teach me. When I focus on the wrong stuff, when I have earth mentality, when I talk about this, it looks great, amazing, perfect on the inside, on the outside. You know what's on the inside? Death. 
The walls of the Taj Mahal are covered with what looks like paintings of beautiful colors all going up all the walls and everything. And, and our tour guide sits there and he's like, do you like the paintings? I'm like, yeah, it's great. Wow, how do you do that? He's like, well, they're not paintings. They're gemstones. All of these stripes and streaks that are going throughout the entire building are gems. And he, sh- he shines his flashlight on it and it's translucent and the whole thing lights up. Dude, paint's cheap. What are you doing? It's gorgeous. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this first. Matthew 20, 23, 27 through 20, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, <sighs> right? Uh, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. I'm taking pictures of a building that houses two dead people that I don't know their names. I can't pronounce and I don't care. And we're saying, wow, look at this building. It's amazing. It's incredible. At the end of the day, it's a tomb. We look at our lives. We look at other people's lives and say, wow, how successful they are. Wow, how amazing they are. They are in great shape. They have their life together. They have a 401k. They're doing all these things. Holy cow, I want to be like them. I want to live in the Taj Mahal. Guess what? There's no life in the Taj Mahal. It's death. We look at that and we say, that is what I want my life to be like. We're saying, actually, on the inside, I want to be dead. I just want to look alive on the outside. We continue. And, and, and um, we go to another place. And, and it's the, the Ganges River. There you go, that picture. And um, I, I, I don't know any much about the Ganges River. I know it's important. So I was like, we're going to the Ganges? Awesome. So we're going. And I still got this thing of Mark saying, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. And we're going through this town. And, and picture like what you think of India. That's what's happening. Everything. It's crazy. Billion people. And we're in this van going 30. And we're just... And there's just a billion people everywhere. And we're just, oh my gosh, what's going on? And there's, cl- and there's uh, music and lights and fires and all this. And it's so cool. It's crazy. And we go out and we walk onto this like boat made bridge like a a bridge that's made of boats that are just kind of all different directions and eventually we walk out to this bigger boat a big 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 pontoon boat right and our whole group gets on this thing we're driving down the river and we're all we're looking out right and we're looking on taking all these pictures and all these we're seeing all this stuff and that's like what india looks like by the way and we're seeing all this and we're like man this is crazy what are they doing what are they worshiping what are they celebrating this, in all of this beauty, all these people are lined up. They're cremating their dead. They've, they've led to this moment. And they say, this is the most important thing that we could possibly do. We don't know this at the time. There's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, not even of, of but cadavers, let's just say that, just waiting to be burned by the, the Ganges River. I'm sitting there after I've taken this picture and how we've smiled and how we've looked at all this stuff and we're saying, this is what greatness looks like to the world. You can live whatever life you want. You can live however you want. You just have to go get burned near some poopy water. Can we be kids for a second? Because the Ganges is very poopy water, right? It's It's not great water, right? This is the height of everything. A tomb and this. This is the greatest thing the world can offer. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this verse. Genesis 3.19, you've all heard it. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Every single day you will work, you will toil, you will hurt, you will have pain. Since from it you were taken. For dust you are and to dust you will return. Life is more than this. Life is more than the Ganges. Life is more than the Taj Mahal. 
when we have a double life, when we say one thing, when we do another, when we focus on too much, when we focus on doing, and I have to do this, and I have to die this way, and I have to be buried this way, and I have to spend amount of all this leads to whitewashed tombs and ash. That's it. Identity is more than that. Identity is so much more than life. When we live that single life, it's so much more. And, and, and here's the last point for you guys. I'm wrapping up. It's all about purpose. And, and this is throughout. This is what we've been talking about all the way. Why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? If I'm honest with myself, a lot of the times it's completing a to-do list. It's, 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 I've made this gargantuan list and I, I have a job where I'm expected to complete this list. I have a job and I'm expected to do a certain thing, act a certain way and fake it until you make it and do all these things. And I'm, I could start there. I could start with, hey, I'm only going to be nice so that I could kill him with kindness. I'm only going to do this. I'm only going to treat my mother-in-law with respect so she could see how great I am. I could start there. <laughs> you could start with your identity, your purpose. <laughs> Who you are, everything you do leads to that. Life starts to get very simple. Not easy, not easy, <laughs> but simple. Lord, I just pray for this day, God. I just thank you for this time of year that we could just be reminded of all the things that we should be thankful for, God. There is so much. Holy cow. God, I, I pray that we look, when we look onto the world, we don't see, we're not envious. We're not bitter. We're not trying to get revenge. I pray that we're not trying to hold hurt or whatever it may be. I just pray that we love and respect and just adore them so much so. And when we rejoice in our hope, that we share that hope with others, God. And it's hard and it's difficult and it's, it seems very messy to us, God. But I know that you have a plan, God, and that you, make, you have a perfect plan. God, I just continue that, that we recognize that plan, God, and just seek it out every day of our lives, Father. Let's pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Turn on the parade, turn on the game, do it out, do each other, right? We say this every week, and I, I feel like. I don't want us to lose the point of this. And it's so fitting to today's lesson. Um, as you go, ask yourself what going with him looks like. So, go with him. Have a great week. Enjoy. Get fat. Eat some food. <laughs>